Mindless Can, the podcast with radio personality Jane Lindley Thomas and psychologist Paul Bushel. Because every act of kindness, no matter how big or small, can change lives. In this series, Jane and Paul hope to enrich your life by giving you practical tools on how to be kinder in your relationships with yourself, with those around you, at home, work, and in your community. In this episode, uh, in the Kindness Can podcast, we're chatting about something that I reckon has made parents sweat for many, many years, and that is the conversation <laughs> around the birds and the bees. Uh, good morning, Jane. It's so, so nice to see you and hear your lovely voice today. And I can only imagine, thinking about you and your kids, that you are starting to knock on the birds and the bees' door. Well, even just the- talking like this, I'm just I don't even know what to say. I don't know how to pitch it. <laughs> and it all started with a friend of mine a couple of weeks ago saying that she had gone out for like a book club dinner and all the mums were basically saying, have you started chatting to your kids yet? But I mean, the kids are eight years old. I'm like, surely that is too early. Yep. So here's the bad news. Okay. That that's probably not too early. It seems really early because you're looking at this eight-year-old thinking, well, that's surely not on your horizon anytime soon. And of course it shouldn't be on the horizon anytime soon, but children will start to become more and more aware of their bodies and other people's bodies. And they will start to become more and more exposed to conversations and words from about eight years old around their bodies and sex and puberty. And so we want to be the ones that are giving them that information. We want to be in control of giving that information to them because if we leave it up to their friends uh, or what they see on the World Wide Web, who knows what they're going to get. And so when I say from about eight years and up, I'm not meaning you're going to sit down and go through it all blow by blow, okay? You are going to start to drip feed information as you go along and check in as you go along about you know, what information your child does have or what questions they might have. And it becomes this ongoing check-in, an organic type conversation, as opposed to this sit down and hear it all as once off kind of approach, because that can be overload for everyone and a little bit out of context then. Let's not even talk about the birds and the bees. Let's just talk about a scenario that happened. So we love and spend a lot of time with another family who've got an eight-year-old son. And we've been hanging out for since all of our children were born. But now it's getting to the stage where they still do the things that they always used to do, but sometimes it feels inappropriate. So, for example, they've always bathed together. Now that's three boys and my daughter. They've always swum naked together. They've always jumped on the trampoline together, sometimes with just their panties on. And now it's kind of like, oh, I don't know if that's appropriate because, you know, you're getting older and they're not, he's not your brother and you're not his sister. So it was kind of like, well, if you want to bath with the boys then you need to bath with your panties on, which started happening. And then we went away down the coast and everyone is swimming naked except for my daughter. And then I thought, is that just appropriate? or am I kind of now indirectly like shaming her or making her feel like she has to cover up just because her privates are different. It's such a weird conversation because it's obviously done with such innocent intention, but I also want to shield her from having an experience that might make her feel uncomfortable. Sure. So I think as a general rule, and this is 
with regards to so many things on the parenting journey, you've got to figure out what feels right for you as a family based also on your individual children and, and what feels right for them. And so the, the composition of your family, the unique personalities in your family, and then, of course, the values that we hold on to as a family. So in that scenario, I suppose being the only girl is a, is a unique feature of that, okay? But at the same time, I hear you when you say, I don't want to make her feel like her parts are in some way less okay than their parts because they are boys in this situation. So there's a conversation all on its own. So when I'm talking about these sort of drip feed type conversations as we go along, there's a moment for you and her and the boys to start having a conversation about boys and girls, different parts, uh, the words that we use to describe them, what are okay things to do and not to do with them in certain situations. We, we drip feed that as we go along. I think that we'd never want to have a tone in those conversations of shame. We don't want anyone to feel ashamed of their bodies uh, or ashamed of the things that might happen to their bodies. So being very conscious of that in those conversations. But certainly as our kids get older, we need to sort of, not rules because that sounds so heavy, uh, we need to start putting in certain ways of doing things around here, around bath time or changing time. And, and we work those out as, as a family, right? Or as, a, as the village that are raising these kids. So even amongst yourselves as the adults around those kids, let's have a conversation about how we want to manage this uh, with our kids. Yeah. Yeah, and that was the first port of call was to go to the mom and the dad and we such tight friends and sit down together and say, okay, so this is the situation. And it's it's always so comforting knowing that you're raising children together because it's never like um, anyone taking offense about anything. It's like, okay, so how do we make this work for everybody so that we protect the innocence of our children? Because at the end of the day, you know, I don't want my kids to grow up faster than they need to. But in saying that, so going to be dripping combos about uh, <laughs> dem birds and dem bees. Um, I know that my, my daughter, I think she will be absolutely horrified at how the birds and the bees all play out. I think the boys will be easier to, they won't ask as many questions as she will. She's going to go for, I need to know from A to Z exactly what that means. So how do you do it in a way, you say do it like age appropriate, but what does that mean? Well, I think, first of all, on, on the note of questions, questions are a really good thing. Never stop your children from asking questions. As orkies and as hard and as I don't know the answer to that question might be for you, you never want to take that feeling of yours and put it on them in a way that they stop asking questions or feel like they can't ask questions. So always encourage your kids to ask questions about everything. And when you don't have the answer, that's a wonderful moment to actually say, I don't know the answer to that. Let's go and research it together or let's ask someone who can help us with that. Second of all to that, always tell the truth. Okay. But the way, you know, don't make up stories. Don't try sugarcoat it. Always tell the truth in a way that you feel your child is going to be able to get. And also in a way that your child is going to be able to handle. And again, I know this sounds like such a, a vague answer, but it depends on the child, the level of what they, they can get and what they can, they can handle. But answer the questions. Answer the questions as best as you, as you can. So what does this word mean? Well, I'm going to tell you what this word means. This means X, Y, and Z. 
Yeah, also difficult because when you've got kids of varied ages. So my 10-year-old would be easier probably to chat to than his eight-year-old brother, but when they're all conversing together, uh, it's like, for example, my oldest knows that Father Christmas isn't real, but the twins believe wholeheartedly that he is real. And it's kind of like, I don't also want to get into the situation where I'm making my oldest feel that he can't share his findings with his brother and sister because it's a normal way of life or normal for us to to procreate and make love to people that we that we are committed to, but also not trying to make it taboo. Like yes. it's something, again, that should be frowned upon. Yeah. So maybe a useful phrase there is something along the lines of, you know, if you have any questions about what we're talking about now, okay, if you have any questions about this, I want you to come and talk to me about it. I don't want you to feel like you've got to talk to the twins about it because that's a thing that moms and dads do with their kids. And if someone talks about it at school and I want you to come to me and we can talk about what they said about it at school. So it's, it's not shaming it in any way, but it's encouraging that come back to me about this. I'm your safe space around this and I'm happy to go anywhere with this with you as opposed to you feeling like you've got to take the lead on it with other kids in the house. So obviously, I mean, I remember reading a book called The Birds and the Bees. I mean, there's obviously a lot of uh, reading material and ways in which to embark on this conversation. But let's talk about maybe an older child. They know what sex is, but now they're kind of moving into the arena of a teenage boy and porn. I mean, how, how, how do you manage something that, again, you don't want to add that air of, not in my house. How would you suggest that parents of teenage boys converse around something like uh, pornography? Well, again, it goes back to the same theme in the conversation. It's not just a once-off. It's a regular checking in with your child to try and understand where they are at on their journey of sexual uh, maturing. So, yeah, just regularly asking questions about, you know, how things going with your body, for example. And, and P.S., they separate conversations. The puberty and changes in your body conversation are different to the sex conversation, which is different to the conversation about sexual relationships, which is different to the conversation around gender and sexuality. So again, we separate these all out. It's not just a one size, throw everything in the pot and let's get this over and done with. Check in in all these different areas regularly with, with your kids. So yeah, porn is one part of that. So if you... Yeah, you want to have a preemptive conversation about your child that you might find stuff on the internet or you might see stuff on the internet. And I want to have a conversation about what the rules in this house about that are going to be. And again, you don't want to do it in a shaming way. We never fear kids. We never scare kids in getting them to do what we want them to do because that never works, right? So we provide them with information. We explain to them that they have those, those choices in their life. And we explore what the consequences of those choices are for them. So we put some of the ball back in, in their court. And then there might be a moment where you discover your child has gone and searched for some porn and has engaged in some porn. And then it's another conversation altogether. You know, I happen to notice uh, and I'm, I'm not invading your privacy uh, because that's what parents do. Uh, we check on what our kids are up to because we want to keep them safe. And we are aware of the fact that the world is different and the internet is full of stuff which can be a misrepresentation of life and how relationships 
might look and how sex might look. And I want to talk to you about some of that stuff. And I know you feel so awkward right now. Me too. Okay. Mm. <laughs> but we don't have mm. to feel awkward about this because mm-hmm. it's a part of relationships and it's a part of life. And so I want to be the one who's giving you, you information around this. And again, it comes back to, you know, the, the third phase in that. And we, we see this more and more, you know, young people who are watching a lot of porn. Uh, and becoming reliant and addicted to it. And that's a whole separate conversation and a different kind of, of intervention because you know, when our children reach that stage of exploring it, we need to support them in a different way. Well, I mean, obviously when we're talking about this, I'm just picturing like the stereotypical like high school boy, okay? But I think the, the flip side of the coin for me is having a, a daughter how a conversation came up between a friend of mine and myself about how her 12-year-old daughter is having such issues with her body because she wants to shave all the hair off her body because the boys at school rag her. Because why? They're watching porn, and in porn, women don't have body hair. Therefore, you are weird. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, that's like a knock-on effect from, as you were saying, like this perception of what is deemed in inverted commas normal is having an impact on kids as early as 12 years old. Yeah. So the reality is, okay, uh, and I don't want to scare parents uh, out there, but we need to be conscious of the fact that the internet is full of all sorts of stuff. And our kids, if they have electronic devices and access to the internet, are going to stumble upon it. And we need to, to be more mindful of that. And we need to protect our kids from that. But we also need to be prepared to have conversations with our kids when they do stumble upon these things. Because the more they stumble upon it, even if it is just once or twice, they start to form beliefs about themselves and the world based on that interaction. And we know this is one of the most serious dangers of pornography is that it creates misrepresentations of bodies, of sex, uh, of the things that people in loving relationships can expect of one another and it becomes so distorted. And I think that there's a real danger in that. So, you know, my personal opinion is we young people should not be exposing themselves to porn. The reality of course, okay, is that there's a strong chance it's going to happen. And so you need to be prepared to intervene. You need to take the lead in those moments uh, on the parenting journey and have the conversation with your kids be real about the fact that, yeah, it's your choice. You, you found it, you went there, you saw it. Okay. But some of the consequences of that for yourself and your future relationships is X, Y, Z and explore that with them. Is there an appropriate age for a child to be watching pornography? Well, it's one of those things where it seems obvious to me that children who, who don't have the ability to conceptualize it and understand it and see it for what it is should definitely not be seeing it. And I think that kids up until the age of 16, 17 are still very much grappling with that, to Mm -hmm. be honest. And so I know I might sound really old school uh, when I say this, but there's a reason why it's got an age restriction on it. And so I don't think that young people under the age of 18 should be engaging in it. I know in reality, they are stumbling upon it. But as parents, we should be more firm about the fact that I don't think this is a good thing for you to be watching right now, because you are not old enough 
to understand it for what it is uh, and to incorporate it in your life in a useful way. Gosh, I was so naive, Paul. I was uh, collecting stickers at the age of 16. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, what? And it's proof again of the fact, unfortunately, that the world has changed. And so although human beings are very much the same on the inside, that 16-year-old child of yours, okay, is the same as you when you were 16, but the world on the outside is very different. And as adults, we need to step up to that. We need to be more active in that reality. We can't just let it be. And so you have to, and again, I know I sounds kind of like a bit boring and conservative, okay? And a lot of teens at first get cross with me when I say this to them and, and their parents, but I, they get it when we work through it that, your parents need to, to watch out what you're doing on the World Wide Web. And that means sometimes they're going to say no to certain apps or certain places that you want to go. And there are going to be consequences for you going to those places because they are your parent and they have to guide you in this moment. It can't just be a free for all. And I think that pornography is one of those things. It's just It's not an easy thing for kids to integrate or for teens to integrate. And so parents, we should actually be saying that that's not okay. And I'm not going to shame you about it. I'm not going to fear you about it. I'm going to talk through why I think it's not a good idea for you. Let's go back to sex and a mother who's open with her daughter about sex and STDs and how to look after yourself. And then you hear moms like taking that conversation even further and putting their daughter on the pill or, you know, buying condoms for her. Um, let's talk about that a bit. I mean, I think there's, there's a thin line between having a conversation with your 16-year-old daughter and then basically kind of lining her up. Sure, sure. So again, it comes back to constantly reflecting uh, and checking in with your kids about where they are in terms of their sexuality and their sex life. So, you know, you're watching your child and they're in a serious relationship and you need to check in with them, you know? I'm sure that sometimes you in the serious relationship, or not even a serious relationship, maybe sometimes you, you think about having sex. Maybe sometimes you feel pressured into having, to taking that next step in your relationship or in your life. Let's talk about where you are at. And, and hopefully, if you've created an environment where your child feels like they can share with you, they are going to share with you. And my opinion is, if they are saying things to you like, yeah, Uh, We are thinking about having sex, okay? Once again, you can talk through the fact that that is their choice, okay? So long as it's within legal parameters, right? Obviously, you mean it's got to be within the law here and age appropriate that maybe we need to start thinking about, well, what are the measures that you need to take to avoid certain negative consequences to, to yourself in those moments? Because they are vulnerable moments. They're incredibly personal meaningful moments. Having sex with someone is a very special spiritual thing uh, in the world. And that's what you should be saying to, to your child. So when you choose to do it, make sure that you're engaging in it in that way. And if things happen at the same time, I sounded kind of judgy there when I said it at the same time, if things do happen, I hope you feel you can come to me straight away and we can talk about how we can deal with that for you. So talking about STDs, talking about contraception, is useful things to bring into those conversations. I don't remember having like big convos with my parents about this stuff. I don't know if it was just from a generation of just not really 
not oversharing, but unpacking stuff. I remember we were at our farm and I literally sat and looked at a book with my mom and that was it. I don't remember having any talks. Maybe I blacked it out. <laughs> Maybe I totally locked <laughs> it in a trauma center in my soul, but I don't remember unpacking. And I think we run the risk as, you know, modern day parents, conscious parenting. I certainly stand the risk. One of my greatest attributes is being able to share but sometimes I feel like I overshare with my kids. Again, yeah, be guided by your kids and, and you'll get a sense from them of what they're needing. And sometimes it's not so obvious as them saying, I need less or I need more. For example, when your eight to 12 year old is on the TV, two people are kissing and you see and they're kind of like, ew, gross. Okay. That can sometimes be an indication of a curiosity or a confusion or a struggle. So that can be a cue of like, I think we need to talk about that because that's not ew, gross. That's sometimes a thing that older people do when they are happy in a, in a relationship, for example. I think, you know, going back to the difference between our parents and us trying to parent now is the fact that the world is different. Uh, and there are a whole bunch of more pitfalls out there. Uh, the internet, for example, kids growing up quicker than before. And, and whether that's right or wrong, my opinion is very problematic. But we've got to be real about this. We, we can't put our head in the sand about it. We've got to be real about the fact that that is how the world is. And we want to be the ones preparing our kids for that, engaging our kids on that, not just leaving it up to the internet uh, or other people to do it for us. So yeah, I, I think if I were to sum up our conversation today uh, in some main points, it's important to connect with what your values as a family are it's important to, to read your kids as individuals. It's important to check in with your kids along the journey of parenting around stuff to do with their body and sex and sexuality to make sure that you are the ones that are giving them truthful, accurate information as they need it on their journey. With the idea of these conversations can't just be one chat, the birds and the bees, and now we're done. Okay, it's sort of a, a drip type style of, of conversations as you go along and being very conscious of not scaring your kids into desirable behaviors or shaming them into desirable behaviors, but rather creating a space where they feel like they can always trust you uh, to come to with these kinds of conversations as they go along their journey. I'm so grateful you, my friend. <laughs> and, I, and I have your cell phone number. I'm so grateful. If someone would like to get hold of you, Paulie, what are your contact details? My website is www.bushell.co.za. And I'm so grateful that you are my friend. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for sharing your real life experiences with us. It just makes us all feel like we're not alone. So thanks for that. Not at all. All right, my darling, we'll chat really soon. Lots of love. Go well. You've been listening to Kindness Can, the podcast. Find out more at kindnesscan.co.za.